Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Health Coach Lou, and you're listening to the Smart Talk Podcast. You're going to hear specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and right-on-time health and wellness conversations. Enjoy! Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Health Coach Lou, and this is the Smart Talk Podcast. I got um, a great guest in the building for you today. She is a diabetes health coach. We have Vanessa Hayduck. How are you doing this morning? Well, afternoon for you, I think. Yeah, it's uh, just coming up to the afternoon. Hi, Corey. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So I'm I'm really excited to hear more about, you know, what, what you do, you know, how you got started, you know, diabetes, you know, type one diabetes is, it's, it's a big deal. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people in the beginning when they're first diagnosed, don't really maybe appreciate how big of a deal it is, but there's great, there's people like you that kind of help them through this, through this challenge if they haven't had it, you know, as an, as a child. So, you know, I'm I'm curious, Vanessa. You know, if you just kind of give you know a brief overview of, you know, your story. You know how, you know how you got started as you know a type one or a diabetic health coach. Absolutely. So, um, basically, I've had type one diabetes for 25 years now. So I was diagnosed at the age of three, and I, you know, I don't know any different. Um, I've lived with it for such a long time, and growing up. Um, you know, living with diabetes as a child, it's just kind of become such a big part of my life, you know, motivating me to help others to, you know, improve their health, um, healthy habits, and just to help people come to terms with it as well. Um, I mean, as a a teenager, I, I wasn't very well controlled, let's say. I found it really difficult to Look after my diabetes, I found it really difficult to manage my blood glucose control because there's so much involved. It's 24 7, you know, you're constantly thinking about, um, you know, your glucose levels and you're always having to put your diabetes first um, to ensure that obviously you're living the healthiest life possible because with type 1 diabetes, obviously, if it's not controlled well, then you're more at risk of. Um, long-term complications so yeah as a teenager I wasn't I wasn't very well controlled I like to kind of put it to one side and try and forget about it but then at the age of 18 I was then diagnosed with what we call diabetic retinopathy which is damage to the blood vessels at the back of my eyes so this unfortunately is a you know a complication of poorly controlled type 1 diabetes so that for me was just, you know, a shock tactic that really made me change the change my ways. So I started to, you know, look after my diabetes a lot more. I used, uh, I, I then eventually took up healthier habits to help with my glucose control. And then it got me thinking, you know, I, I absolutely, you know, I, I love helping people, and I've got such a big passion for health and fitness. So I then became a personal trainer um, and an online coach who, you know, with, with living with di- type 1 diabetes myself, my target audience then became 
other people who also live with type 1 diabetes because I've had you know coaches myself uh, you know over the years and sometimes it's hard when people don't fully understand the ins and outs of type 1 diabetes and not only that but what it's like to live with it as well because it, it can be a very lonely condition sometimes and this is why I'm so grateful for you know social media platforms because it allows um, you to, it allows people to come together who you know have type 1 diabetes I mean when I was younger I, I didn't know anyone I, I think I was the only person in my school that actually had a diagnosis of type 1 diabetes so that when so when I eventually met the first person who I'd ever come across who also had type 1 I had so many questions and it helped give me that motivation to continue to control my glucose levels as, as much as I could um, so yeah, this this then led me to become, like I say, an online coach and personal trainer with a um, target audience of those living with with both type one and, and type two diabetes. And obviously, health and fitness plays an important role in both. And I'm also I'm I'm also a board certified behaviour analyst as well. So I, I you know I went to uni and I, I got my masters and then eventually. Um, qualified to become a behaviour analyst. I know it's uh, over in the US, um, behaviour analysis is, is very, very well known. It's not as well known in the UK. So I always ask, I always ask those uh, from across the pond, have you heard of behaviour analysis? It's, it's, I think it's necessary, especially with, you know, working with a population that, that you work with who are just trying to figure this out you said it earlier this is it's almost like a 24 7 job yeah of trying to manage you know your blood sugars and your cholesterol keeping you know and things like that to kind of to manage your your health so having someone who has the tools to to help with your mindset and and help with that behavior change is important absolutely absolutely i mean there's so many you know like habits and behaviors healthy behaviors that are involved in you know managing glucose levels and you know making healthier habits they all play such an important role because i mean the one thing with type 1 diabetes is it's important to also accept it as well and a lot of the time especially teenagers find it hard to you know accept that they've got type 1 diabetes and then this leads to you know, unhealthy behaviours and ignoring. So, yeah, I mean, again, I, I aim to try and empower and motivate, you know, each individual, each, each of my clients to undertake healthier habits, healthier behaviours that will help them towards, uh, you know, health and fitness-related goals and also help them come to terms with the type 1 diabetes. Um, and, of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a, a diabetic doctor or nurse. I just help my clients you know to in- increase their motivation and increase their healthier habits and, and behaviors whether that be you know to increase um exercise to increase um you know just general activity increase healthier choices increase you know glucose checking for example so yeah that's that's a little bit more about me so that's led me to where i am today i you know i work with a, a large number of individuals with both type 1 and type 2 providing you know as much support as I can and yeah so that's that's me right amazing so you know Vanessa with with your experience what what do you see has been the the biggest challenge for people who are just 
starting you know, trying to get their health back on track. You said, you said it earlier, you know, a lot of younger people or those who are just diagnosed, you can, it's, it's really easy to ignore the, the diet, you know, ignore not exercising and try, kind of ignore your diagnosis in a way. What's been the biggest challenge for a lot of people or even, or even yourself? What was the, what was the biggest challenge getting on track? Absolutely. I mean, when it comes to type 1 diabetes, I mean, obviously, in, in terms of what it is, it's, it's an autoimmune condition. So, you know, you can get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at, at any age. Um, I know people that have been diagnosed in the 60s and the 50s. I've known people that have been diagnosed when they're, you know, very, very young. So it's, it's one of those that you can't really predict. And, you know, it, like I mentioned, it requires 24-7, you know, monitoring. You, you, you're essentially doing the job of an organ, which is your, your pancreas. So going back to sorry, the autoimmune condition, basically it's where your pancreas that, that works to produce insulin to help regulate blood glucose levels no longer produces insulin at, at all. So you, you are in effect having to administer the, the insulin yourself to help right. to regulate your blood glucose levels. So imagine that you are basically your pancreas. So whether that be insulin administration via a pump, whether it be via insulin um, injection, the pens, um, you eat food and then you are then in control of how much insulin you, um, you know, inject and then you, you make decisions to help try and balance out your glucose levels. So, for example, if, if the food choices that we make determine how much insulin we would need, when we would need to inject that. So there's so many different things to think about. Um, I mean, I've seen so many posts on, you know, how on Instagram you get like little pictures that you come across. And I read one where it's like um, a, a type 1, someone with type 1 diabetes makes, you know, over 180 extra decisions per day um, wow. you know just again linked in with with diabetes um, but the thing is the one thing that I found challenging and I find challenging myself sometimes no matter what you do diabetes your diabetes your glucose control can sometimes not go the way that you want it to even though you're doing everything in your power to manage it if that makes sense so yeah, for example um, you know, when it comes down to things like um, well, what we call in behavioural behavior analysis uh, setting events. So it's things that are basically, you know, out of our control. So that could be illness, stress, um, you know, for a female time of the month and so on. These different factors can play a part in our blood glucose management. So I could do absolutely everything right. I can, you know, eat well. I can exercise. I can I can give myself the right amount of insulin, just like I do on a normal day. But then one day, due to other factors, whether it be I'm having a bit of a stressful day or, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not feeling very well, I've got a little bit of an infection, then I could then test my glucose levels and the reading could be through the roof. And from a behavioural analysis um, perspective, that kind of punishes that behaviour. Does that make sense? So it's kind of, you do everything that you need to do to get uh, good blood, sugar, uh, blood glucose levels, and then you're faced with poor blood glucose levels. But again, it's not it's nothing to do with what 
I've done, it's just these are the things that happen with with, with um, factors out of our control. Um, again, I, I, I'm not going to kind of the science behind it, but you know, kind of that excess release of cortisol when we're stressed can then play a part in glucose levels and, and so on. So it's trying to overcome that and it's trying to accept, and it took me a very long time to accept that, you know, these days happen and this is okay because it, it, it's just part and parcel of diabetes. So it's trying to accept that, you know, they're gonna, there are going to be days that are a lot harder than others where, you know, you're doing everything right, but for, you know, for some reason it may not be going the way we want it to. And it's all about, rather than letting that affect our overall motivation, it's trying to focus on moving forward the next day and then the next day and so on. Like I say, going back to, um, you know, pun punishment, it, it just, it, it's like, for example, if you were to, let's say, run for six weeks continuously because you're trying to drop body fat and then you're doing it religiously, you know, you're running, you're eating well, and then let's say you step on the scales and you put on six pounds that then punish you're then not going to want to continue to right. run does that make sense yep, so it's absolutely. kind of that it, it's that kind of same mind it's like you're doing everything in your power to control you know you're following your doctor's advice everything but sometimes there are going to be days where it is a lot harder and it's trying to accept that and trying to overcome that and not let it make you think oh what's the point does that make sense right it, it does <laughs> I, I mean that's that, that so I, I was going to say that that's probably my biggest challenge. And even now, I mean, I I have days, you know, where maybe my stress levels are a little bit high or, you know, I'm feeling a little bit poorly. And unfortunately, you know, it does have an effect. But I just try and focus on keep moving forward. That's yeah, I, I think acknowledging do. that you're going to have bad days is, is important. It's funny. I was just having this conversation. Literally, I was just having this conversation yesterday, Vanessa, with a friend who his ex-girlfriend had was type one diabetic same thing she can do everything right and then she'll wake up test her blood sugars and it's like 300 plus like it's through the roof yeah. Yeah. and you're like well, what the heck is going on and then it's it's just that more work on top of the work you're already doing because now you gotta okay what was it was it, am i feeling good or you know was yesterday a more of a stressful day how can i manage that stress so there's there's so many other variables than just giving yourself the right insulin making sure you're eating healthy making sure you're exercising absolutely yeah i mean like i said there's so many different factors to take into account i mean you've got to think uh, so for example on a typical day i'll wake up i'll test my glucose levels and then depending on what that level is depends on um you know what i do next so for example if i wake up high i've then got to think well, firstly, why am I high? I've got to identify that. And then I've got to maybe give myself a correction or whatever it is that I need to do. And then I need to think, right, okay, what should I eat so that I'm not sending it even higher? Or is there something I can do that's going to... Does that make sense? So it's like you're constantly having to look at that level and make decisions based on that. Again, you're kind of thinking as well about, you know, what am I going to be doing today? Am I doing a lot of activity? Am I exercising? Am I going for a long walk? Because all of these different things will affect, you know, your reading. So for me, for example, when I go for long walks, my glucose levels actually drop quite a lot. So I've got to always take that into account where before I go for a long walk, I've got to make sure that I check my glucose levels and I sometimes have 
you know, a biscuit or something, um, mm. just to make sure that, you know, I'm not dropping whilst walking. Because unfortunately, this is another thing. I mean, hyperglycemia can be very dangerous. So, you know, it, it's always trying to think ahead to try and avoid that happening. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I've, um, you know, myself, I've been in situations where my, my glucose levels have dropped quite significantly in a short space of time. And, you know, I, I mean, luckily, I've always had something on me. But, you know, if you didn't, then it just it, it, it can be very dangerous, as I said. And, and, I mean, the thing is with the opposite to hyperglycemia, which is where your glucose levels are, a lot higher that again there's there's um complications with that as well but that's where you know in terms of long-term high glucose levels it's not very healthy and that's what can you know put us in more uh, put us at higher risk of developing long-term complications and that right. in itself like say that in itself is always a worry for someone you know for me for example I'm not I'm you know you, you can't switch off from that it's always at the back of your mind but it's learning how to accept that and understand you know as long as you're doing what you're doing to control it the best you can then that's the most important thing so so on that same topic of of control of, of your of your diabetes you know with with type 2 diabetics a very popular way of eating is keto or or you know, high protein low carb is that the same with type 1 diabetes or what do you recommend for someone who is trying to make a, a diet change? What, what's a popular way of eating for type two di- type 1 diabetics? The thing is with type 1 diabetes, again, because we're, cause we are in control of our insulin, essentially, you know, we can eat whatever we want. We just have to make sure that, you know, we do have the correct amount of insulin. Of course, like that, it doesn't. I don't. It doesn't mean I'll just eat a lot of, you know, junk food and and so on. But I think for you know anyone, anyone with with type one, it's always it's always good to have a, a you know a balanced diet. I mean, I don't recommend you know like in terms of oh, it's better to eat this way, it's better to eat this way. But it's eating in a way that works for the individual to help them to meet their goals. So in terms of, for example, if you've got a type one who's wanting to drop body fat, for example, just like anyone, it's ensuring that that they enter a calorie deficit, whether that, yeah, and, and that can be however they, they want. That could be high carb, that could be low carb, it could be high fat, it could be low fat. So it, it all boils down to, to a calorie deficit. And then again, it's like, I mean, for me, for example, I, I have a mixture of, you know, low carb meals, a mixture of high carb meals. It all depends. Again, because you're able, you are doing, you know, the job of your pancreas in terms of you're injecting the insulin. So, you know, if I want to have a piece of cake at a birthday, I, I will do. I'll just make sure that I have the right amount of insulin to to counteract that. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Course, Absolutely. It, you know, it's always it's always important to get you know your your vegetables in your diet and getting. You know, a good amount. Again, depending on what your goals are. If someone was dropping body fat, um, you know, working out in the gym, you know, getting an adequate level of protein in there as well, and you know, just making sure that they're not over-consuming calories. So yeah, again, it all. I, I know that with type two diabetes, a lot of a lot of it is kind of focused on diet control, so that's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So if you know, for somebody, you know, not used to making you know, changes 
uh, for the for their health, right? They're you know they're type one diabetic or type two diabetic. Uh, kind of you see you work with some type twos as well. Now that asks, that's another question here. So what what have you noticed has been the big difference between your type one diabetic you know clients and your type two clients? Like what what are some differences that you're noticing that you're that you're um that they're struggling with? With my type two clients, a lot of it just boils down to you know dropping body fat, um, and you know wanting to because that that's the advice that this is being given by the doctors usually is to drop that body right. fat. So they'll be looking at you know um, improving the diet. They may come to me like with quite a poor diet, so it's like trying to improve the diet and, and put in a training plan to help them to, to you know enter calorie deficit and to drop body fat. Um, and then with my type one clients, I mean, again, it, it, they range from you know young 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 people who are wanting to get into fitness, health and fitness, who are wanting to you know train in the gym, but also create healthier habits to help with um, you know getting into better habits as well. So just making sure that checking consist more consistently. Um, some are wanting to drop body fat, some are wanting to build build muscle as well. So, so when it comes to building lean tissue. So if you've got someone with diabetes who's constantly got high glucose levels, this puts that puts the body into like a catabolic state. So it's like the the food that they're taking in is not then being stored properly to help you know build lean tissue. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, gotcha. So it's, it so it's so it's trying to help them to build muscle. So the more that diabetes control improves, the more. And easier it is to you know build strength and build build muscle in the gym as well. So yeah, it's just I mean, let's say again, I can have anyone with my any of my type one clients. They'll, they'll just come to me with different goals. Usually with my type two clients, it, it's more focused around fat loss and just building better, healthier habits and behaviors. I know the more and more, and this is this is not just type one diabetics or type two diabetics. This is any kind of you know client that I've seen, and I've I. Re- you know, and the more coaches I talk to, it's really more about that behavior change and, and kind of flipping that switch in their mind because people are so used to doing things a certain way. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, um, I, I was telling the friend, you know, like it's, it's 2020, you know, we have so much information. Someone, if they wanted to, they wouldn't even have to, you know, email you know vanessa and say help me they can go online they can search how can i manage my diabetes and try to figure it out but the issue is they don't know how to change their habit or change their mindset and you can have all the information in the world but if you don't know how to do that it's all for nothing I think it's just it's just really interesting to me. You know, the more people people I see, I I'll, I have people that come to me that know more about desired eating plan. Maybe they want to try keto. They know more about it than I do. They just don't know where to start, or how, or even they want to do something. They they just don't know how to start or what to do, or if they they don't feel like they can do it. To have someone in your corner, like you know, like yourself. Or any other coach to kind of help guide you through it, and maybe you may not know as much as you think, you know, about you know a certain way that you need to go about handling or controlling your your disease. Absolutely, 
it's like you say, it's there's, there's, it's trying to guide someone in the right direction to, to create those healthy habits. And I mean, the first thing is that the individual needs to want to do it and needs to be yep. at that point where they're prepared to change. Because if someone isn't prepared to change, then it's just not going to work. So they need to be at that point where they, they want to change, they're ready to change, and they're ready to put in place what they need to, to change. And this is why it's so important sometimes to have a coach, because it's having that person there to be accountable to. And, you know, I, I have clients who, some, who come to me and it's like, you, we know exactly what they need to do. But it, again, it's just having that individual there to guide them in the right direction and to keep them accountable and to and, and as that uh, in, sorry that person to push them and of course when it comes to behavior change if you know if we change too much at once we're more likely to you know relapse because we need to make sure that you know what what we do is, is achievable what we do is broken down you know into smaller units that are easier to meet rather than trying to change everything at once and it also trying to take into account the client and what their life currently like. You know, if, are they, do they have a busy job? Do they have time to, you know, fit in five sessions a week or do things need to be modified? And it's modifying things based on what that client can do. And of course, I mean, a big a big part of my coaching as well is, is providing that support as well. That not, not just in terms of, you know, fat loss or building muscle or whatever it is that they're wanting to work on, but, but that, um, peer support to having that someone to talk to you know when when they're feeling a little bit low about the diabetes and this is where I come in because I, I've got it I get it I understand right. the the highs and the lows and just having that person there who gets that and um, because it can be it can be so so overwhelming and um, there's a lot of miseducation as well about diabetes in general I mean you know there's there's so many different types of diabetes but you know, unfortunately, sometimes you always hear the, the negative. Um, and, you know, there's, 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 again, hopefully there's, there's going to be kind of like more education around, around diabetes as well. Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it earlier when we first started, you know, when we first started the interview was growing up, you didn't know many people who were type 1 diabetic. And I know when I, me growing up, I don't think I knew anybody my age anyway that was diabetic yeah. i knew a lot of older people because you know stereotypically you're like oh you're old you have diabetes that's kind of that was kind of normal unfortunately that was normal for older you know yeah. individuals especially in my family but i didn't know i didn't know anybody my age who was type 1 until i got out of college and my and a coworker of mine was type 1 diabetic i and i was like mind blown like this is like you can actually get get it and then you start finding out there's a community of of people so it's like it's that's kind of one of the um blessings of social media because you can connect with everyone who's going through the same thing or you can connect with the coach that's going through the same thing you're going through and you don't feel like you're alone and i'm sure that is a benefit in itself knowing that hey there's a community of people that are going through the same thing so I, you know, I there's some like I can get through this because I know other people are getting through it too. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, if if I had support and you know, if I knew people like I know now, but back when I was younger, I think my own motivation 
would be so much higher in terms of trying to look after my diabetes right. a little bit more. You know, but unfortunately back then, you know, Facebook wasn't around and, you know, there was no Instagram, whereas now there is and there's so many people who are using the diabetes, you know, in terms of like they'll write blogs, they'll, they'll make pages dedicated to yeah. the type 1 diabetes, their journey, showing, you know, that they do have good days and that they do have bad days. Um, and I think that's really important for individuals to see that as well. Um, me and my me and my friend, who's also type one, we've actually just set up um, a new page called Type One Team. Basically, we're two young girls who both have type one diabetes, but we we post the realities of it so that people can see that and people can understand this is what type one diabetes is and this one it isn't, and that you know even we may come across like we've got really like we have everything together we've got really good control but we still have bad days and we still have good days and you know that's okay I think sometimes people need to see that because there's nothing kind of more because it can be a bit disheartening you know if you you've got you're having a bad day and then you've seen so many good readings from people sometimes it's just nice to see that others are in the same boat as well because you know it's it's still even though there's some great things we're just talking about social media, there's still you know, those, those people who will only post their good readings. You know, you, you know what yeah, I mean? Only, yeah. I mean, <laughs> having a great day, you know, and then, but yesterday before you were, you know, your, your blood glucose was, was high as a kite, you know, but you, exactly. you know, no one's posting that. So I think that's, yeah. I think that's um kind of a, a breath of fresh air for some people to see. Okay. You know, these people are doing everything they can and, you know, managing, but they're still having bad days. So I'm not alone because we still have that mentality of, oh, I'm doing bad and it's just me. We still have that mentality sometimes. So I I think that's perfect that you guys have that. And it's called team type team one or type one team. Type one team. Type one team. Is that on Facebook or Instagram? On Instagram, so type one underscore team. Oh, perfect. Quite perfect. <laughs> so, you know, the question I had, Vanessa, was, you know, there there are a lot of tools out there for diabetics to, to use to manage their their blood glucose and, and things like that. You know, what are some tools that you use um, that you found beneficial in, in managing your diabetes? For me, um, I actually have a sensor on my arm. I don't know if you've seen it on, on my Instagram page, but yeah. mm-hmm. I have something called the, the Freestyle Libra sensor and the Freestyle Libra monitor. And basically, this tests my glucose levels. It provides me with, so I scan the monitor over the sensor and it actually gives me a visual graph of what my glucose levels have been what they are and the direction that they're going in. So it, it's based, so obviously as a, as a behavior analyst, I, I love data, I'm very data driven. And this um, piece of equipment gives me a visual analysis of what's going on with my glucose levels and it, ha- it allows me to make decisions based on what's there in front of me. Whereas when I was growing up, I used to test on my, you know, kind of like the typical blood glucose meter, which is great, you know, it, perfect but I just didn't have that understanding of what they had been previously what direction they were going in and so on I was just kind of given a number so you know there's so many there's so many different pieces of 
technology now that's evolving. I know that a lot of individuals with type 1 also use things like insulin pumps. Um, I mean, I've never actually used that myself, but I, I actually use the, just the normal pens, inject, the injection pens. Um, but I know a lot of people use pumps now, which have been shown to be really beneficial too, based on what people have said. Um, so yeah, I mean for me, definitely my my freestyle Libra sensor and, and monitor has been been life changing for me. So I would I would highly highly recommend anyone with type one diabetes to maybe have a look at that. And um, I mean any any form of you know glucose system is is just so important anyway. Um, I mean back when I was younger. <laughs> That before monitors were even uh, around, I think just as I got diagnosed, uh, glucose monitors came out. But I know that before then, you had to pop your blood on like a little stick and then put it up to um, a colour coded kind of system just to see Ooh. what your glucose level. Yeah, it was very, it wasn't <laughs> as technical as what it is now. Um, so things have definitely evolved. And to be honest, in terms of my own motivation, peer support and social media has been really, really important as well. You know, just in terms of being able to talk to others about it. Right. Yeah, I can definitely see that. With with that glucose monitor, you're talking about the knowing where you're where you're tracking or where where you're going with. I think that is just a game changer. I mean, so just not being able to plan better and understand okay okay and i need to you know figure you know reduce this or increase that because you know i feel like that's just a that's a game changer so that's that's awesome that that's out there absolutely. and available for people yeah absolutely like i said i mean i i could test my blood glucose level on a typical monitor and it may say for example i know it's different in america but you know let's say well here i say 8.3 i'm not sure what that is in uh, america let's just but for example, and then on my um, freestyle Libra, it may say 8.3, but with an arrow pointing directly up. So I then know that it, it's going high, basically. Whereas if I just saw that on the monitor, I wouldn't know what direction it was going in. So again, that in itself is just has made things so much easier just to understand the direction, let's say. <laughs> Because the aim is to try and keep it as stable as possible. You know, there there's more to type one diabetes than just making sure you're eating well, making sure you're exercising, and and managing your blood glucose levels. This is I can see how overwhelming it can be. I can see even more now. I've always been an advocate for any type of health coach, being a clinical health coach myself. And but I now see the importance even more for someone like you, Vanessa, to help people with trying to manage this because it is I don't even have type one diabetes and I'm I'm overwhelmed right now just thinking <laughs> about it. You, you know what I mean? So <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, hats off to you for you know taking that responsibility of helping people just just get through just get through this disease and, and figure it out. With that said. You know, I usually, you know, ask, you know, the coaches on if they're, you know, to give the people a, a goal for the next week. You know, if there's if there's one thing that you want people to take from this talk or if there's one goal you have for them, what would that be? Walking. And I know this kind of, is kind of completely going off topic, but when I've worked with clients, 
what I'm finding is that a lot of people these days are so much more sedentary, aiming for, you know, for example, 10,000 steps per day each day. And not only that, it, it's just such a good way to help you feel that little bit better, getting in a little bit more activity. But yeah, I always say to people, you know, ensuring that you're what, what we call non-exercise activity thermogenesis, so it's called meat. Um, that's mm-hmm. basically the the energy that we burn from, you know, kind of general movements such as walking and so on. So I always give myself a goal every single day to aim for 10,000 steps per day. And that gives me a lot of kind of like direction. And it makes me feel better as well when I get out to walk. Yeah, I, I don't think people, I think walking is one of the most underrated exercises that, that we that we can do is free. Absolutely. You, you don't you need a membership to walk. I, I recommend that for all of my patients, Vanessa, to to just walk. Like when I'm going through our little, you know, my little spiel on what, you know, my recommendations and what we I want them to start with. Because you like you said earlier, someone starting a, a new behavior, you want to, you know, you want to start slow. There's some people can start Absolutely. faster than others, but you know, so I just recommend, hey, we're just gonna walk. And sometimes sometimes they get okay, who okay, I, I can do that because you know I have my back hurts or I have bad knees, but some people are like walk. That's that's it. Like I, I do I I want they they want more. It's like dude, let's just let's just walk. Let's mm-hmm. take it easy and just just walk. Yeah. But I mean, it's that that's a great goal. Um, yeah, and that but, that's where the beauty of um, behavior analysis comes in because you know, for example, something that we refer to is, is shaping. So rather than kind of like jumping in and going straight for, let's say, 15,000 steps per day, which would be, you know, quite unachievable for a lot of people who are starting off, it's it's slowly breaking that skill down into smaller steps and working up slowly. So maybe starting off with 5,000, then once that's consistent over a week, 6,000, and then 7,000 and so on. So it's all about shaping that behaviour up slowly. And... The aim is for it to become internally reinforcing, if that makes sense. So you start to feel yeah. a sense of achievement from doing that. Absolutely. Well, Vanessa, you know, again, thank you for being on the Smart Talk podcast. Um, where can where can the people find you? So my Instagram is diabetic underscore health underscore coach underscore. Uh, also on Facebook, if you just type in diabetic health coach. And I've also got a website, which is www.bh healthcoaching.co.uk um, and on there I've also got a blog uh, a diabetes blog that people can read through as well and some more information on my services Awesome, well um, again Vanessa, thank you for your time um, thank you for the information, I, I appreciate it oh, Thank you for having me, it's been great talking to you, really awesome. enjoyed it Well, yeah, thank you so much. But hey, this is the uh, Smart Talk Podcast, and I will see you next time.